It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor, along with Jed Demusi, Local 12 reporter, anchor, and producer, as we break down Bengals and Pittsburgh Steelers with the Bengals coming out of the bye. And uh, we, we got a lot of stuff last week talking about uh, the Bengals and the things they were going to do during the bye. Um, but let's go ahead and dive right into this game if we can, Jed. And, and look at this Pittsburgh team that <laughs> looked kind of dead in the water to some degree, losing to Jacksonville in an ugly way with Ben Roethlisberger throwing five interceptions. Um, uh, Martavis Bryant wanting to get traded, wanting more yeah. t- Antonio Brown wanting more touches. Just It seemed like things were imploding. But they're really good at circling the wagons, and they did that going to Kansas City and, and turning to Le'Veon Bell and, and the defense. I don't know what their record is against the Chiefs in the last five years, but it's really good. They always seem to beat the Chiefs. It, it just always seems to be a thing that they do against the Chiefs, and, and they did it again. I don't know if they count on Andy Reid making some, some late-game blunders, which he did again in this game. Uh, but it, they, they seem to have the Chiefs number, and as much as Antonio Brown has been talking, as much as Martavis Bryant has been talking, the, the key to the win really was giving the ball to Le'Veon Bell. He, he had a game of, looked like the Le'Veon of old, 32 carries, 179 yards, and a touchdown. They're going to be a tough team to beat when they can control the ball like that, especially looking ahead to the Bengals. If they're at home and and Bell puts up those type of numbers, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, uh, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, he, he is obviously the focal point, and, and I got a chance to talk with Paul Gunther, the defensive coordinator, this week, and um, we were just talking about he's got a lot of young guys, obviously, on that defense that have, we've talked about it have played very well. And I asked, how much do you like the discipline of the way they play? Not just looking and going, I can go make a play. And he said, it's one of the things that's got them on the field quicker. And when you play Le'Veon Bell in that running game, you can't all of a sudden decide, oh, there he is, let me go there. You really, as Paul got to the point, you really have to be sound in, in, in your run fits. You can't suddenly think, there he is, let me go. No, you have to stay in the lane that you are in get off a block, and really almost just kind of corral him as opposed to saying, well, he's, he's still back there. I can go get him. A lot of running backs, you can do that and tackle him for a loss. The way they run the ball, the way that they pull their guys, and the way he's able to kind of dance and find a hole, you really have to be disciplined and sound to beat them and to, and to beat him. And that's that's going to be the key. And these two teams know each other inside and out. I don't have to tell anybody listening to this podcast that that's the case. I guess from my perspective is I'm wondering, I guess – when you look at Carl Lawson, he's playing within a scheme that Pittsburgh knows, but is he going to, does he have the potential to have a game where maybe he continues sort of his trajectory because Pittsburgh hasn't seen him play? Or how do you think they're going, what do you think they're going to do with Lawson in this game? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to he's still just a nickel guy. He's not an every down end, so he won't be in there. Now you're going to be in a lot of nickel defensive looks because Pittsburgh, with their running game, does like to go three wides. We'll go two wides and two tight ends in a running back. But a lot of times you are in your nickel nickel group. So he's not going to be on the field, uh, you know, every snap defensively. I think the guy it comes down to, the two it comes down to for me, um, are Nick Vigil and Vontez Burfecht. They're the ones that really have to not take a false step on that counter run. Not run because, they, you know, Vontez loves to come downhill. Always really smart at diagnosing plays. Of he, he, You can't all of a sudden go, there he is, I'm going to tackle him for a loss. 
that's hard for guys like that to do. And, and I talked to Nick Vigil about that. I got a story going up on local12.com on Friday about how sound they have to be defensively to stop that running game. And, and, and even Nick said, he goes, you know, I haven't gotten a lot of snaps against these guys. And the snaps I did get, you know, I did take some false steps. And you take one false step, he runs right by you. So I don't need so much on, on just a curl loss and, or a guy like that. I think it's I, I think it's on really those two linebackers in that nickel group and, and the front guys holding their own. And for the most part, they've done that. It's just such a unique style of running the football. Um, and they make it work. I guess I was just sort of trying to pick your brain to see what sort of wrinkles you think the Bengals can throw. There, I, there I, I, don't, I, yeah, I don't think there will be. I think it's a matter of just being sound. And, 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 and really, this sounds so, I love Dave Lapham, this sounds so Dave Lapham-like, being gap sound, being where you are supposed to be. And that's what that, it, it, that, that offense makes you think you can do something you're not supposed to do. And all it takes is one guy to be out of position, and there he goes. It's just... It's not a read option offense. It's not. They've seen that. They've defended that. It's not a straight eye formation. It's not a a single back doing certain. It's it's the it's that damn counterplay that is really effective. Even though when you you watch it on TV and you see him take the handoff and dance, and what are you told not to do in that league? Don't dance. Don't wait. He waits and then he hits it for for big yardage because everybody thinks got him. No, you don't. There he goes because oh, I was watching the linebackers a little bit in practice on Thursday and they were doing a drill where. They were having somebody take a step one way and make sure they don't take the step with them to stay where you're supposed to stay and then come and flow where, where it goes to. So it, 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 it looks simple to defend. It just is not. And that's why I think Pittsburgh decided last week, let's do what we do best. That's get Le'Veon running the football and then do all our play action stuff off of it. Because let me ask, I didn't think Ben was very sharp again in that game. The no. running game was the big difference and the defense. Well, in the touchdown he threw to Antonio Brown. Off the ended, face mask off oh. the defender. I mean, th- those are those are those are breaks that only the Steelers get. Those type of plays are are the plays that only the Steelers get. And, and again, the the emergence of of Juju Smith Schuster, the wide receiver, the rookie out of USC, is is causing some unrest, I guess, in that room with Martavis Bryant saying he wants he wants out of there. And and Smith Schuster is has been on the field the second most, I believe, among Steeler wide receivers outside of Antonio Brown. So who knows on the offensive side for the Steelers how much that is is noise, how much that is is actual. I would think if you're Martavis Bryant, you've got to be happy that, that you're on the field after being suspended all of last right. year. So I don't know necessarily where that type of angst is coming from. The Bengals receivers coming into this Steeler game, who do you think will be on the field? It's a great question. Obviously, Tyler Boyd will not be. He's got the knee injury. Uh, John Ross, I, if you're listening to this, I, I doubt it because uh, he was a limited participant Wednesday, Thursday. I think I even told you last week. Yeah. Um, he's going to have to probably be a full go one of these days to, to, to play. He was not um, on either Wednesday or Thursday. So I think we're looking at another week that it'll, it'll, you know, this was another step forward. He's just not quite yeah. there yet that I think you will see him against the Colts. Um, you know, now you're down to basically the core of guys you had last year. No pun intended. Which, yeah, which includes one guy named Core, Cody Core. I, I think you'll you'll see um, you'll, you'll see the cast of characters. You'll see Brandon LaFell, and you'll see some Alex Erickson. You might even have to. You're going to have to see some Cody Core, and maybe we get our first taste of Josh Malone. But the question is, are you going to really throw him out there for a bunch of snaps in a game like this, or? Um, with his downfield speed, do you do you, you know at least let him run a few down the field and see what you can get and soften up a, what's been to this point a really good young secondary with an old guy in Joe Hayden who's been very good for that secondary. 
and we talked to Marvin for, for Bengals Nation, which airs at 11.30 on, on Saturday nights on Local 12, and it, you end up feeling stupid because you ask him the question, what do you need to see out of John Ross for him to play? I need to see him play football. I need to see him do something. I need to see him get out there and practice, and, and it's as simple as that. He's not able to get out there, and as much as I think Marvin would love to, to unleash him and, and to give him a spot in this offense – it's 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 not going to happen. It's it's not just going to be okay. Well, we'll we'll go on good faith and hopefully you'll be able to do something Sunday on the road against Pittsburgh that you haven't been able to do on the Paul Brown practice fields. Right, and and, and well, I, I know fans have, have already labeled him soft and 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 you know bust and all of those things and or and or well, if he's ready to play, why don't you play him? It's it's a couple of fold here. Um, one is what you hear from Marvin. What you what you said was kind of what he said in the press conference. Um, a couple of Mondays ago, a coach needs to be able to trust a guy to play him. If you haven't seen enough to trust him, um, you can't play him. And, and you can you can argue, well, give him a small amount of plays and a small package of plays. I, I think they're ready to move forward with more than just that. This isn't a novelty item. This is supposed to be your first-round draft pick making a, a, an impact at some point, whether it's, it's next week, two weeks, a month, next year. At some point, you're expecting that guy to make an impact. You need him fully healthy. Getting enough reps to, to where you can trust him to play in games, and for John, I think it just it's a knee issue that is lingering, and, and my fear is it's one that may continue to linger um, until he gets some off-season rest with it. Because it's it, it, if it's a deep bone bruise in the knee, which it sounds more and more like it is, it takes one hit for that to come back and flare back up. Unfortunately, I guess my question outside of Ross is why haven't we seen? Cody Core part of this offense. It looked well, like last year he he had some aspirations and he made some plays and he he took some lumps as well. But it looked like he was potentially going to be a guy who could make a difference on this team. Yeah, I I, I thought so too. I liked what I saw from him last year. I, I just know the couple of chances he got in the regular season this year he had a chance to make a big play up the sideline. I want to say in the Baltimore game and just couldn't hang on. It was a tough catch, but. It's one of those ones where really good NFL wide receivers probably make that catch, um, and those that aren't really good NFL wide receivers don't. Um, there's a trust issue there for whatever reason, too. Maybe, again, maybe it's a guy that last year they gave him to sit, hey, go play here, run these routes, and, and we're good with you, as opposed to they're looking for him to expand the repertoire, and maybe he's just not doing it. There's, there's obviously a reason behind it that no one's talking about, but um, obviously he's not been able to get back on the field after you're right, after he showed some flashes last year of being able to maybe be a little bit of a downfield passing threat. You know, and it's interesting to think you looked at the preseason and you said, is Alex Erickson going to make the cut on this team? Yeah. I mean, not only has he made the cut, but he, now he's the slot receiver on <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. You're out Tyler Boyd. You're out John Ross. And all of a sudden, you know, Cody Core can't, can't get past Alex Erickson. Uh, Malone, as as much as as he's kind of come along, I guess he he hasn't been active this year. So a guy who really has had some big catches this year and has had some good returns and has really made a name for himself. He's the he's the flip side maybe of 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 a Cody Core or someone else. I don't want to be unfair to these guys, but but Erickson, in his own right, has taken advantage of the opportunities he's been given. And he's made a difference on this team to the point where now he goes from, oh, maybe he's a, a, a casualty of camp to now being a, a vital part of this offense. I was asked on a show um, a couple of days ago about Vontez Burfecht and, and how much of a test this game is for him. Because um, he, he obviously, he played really well in the Buffalo game. I mean, he is, 
Yeah. He's come back. He was in shape, in great shape in camp. Um, it was a contract year. They obviously extended him before the, the season began, but he knew it was a contract year. Great shape. Looked terrific in camp. I mean, the interception, I go back to the interception he had in Washington. That was a yeah. safety making that interception that he returned yeah. for a touchdown, not an outside linebacker. Well, and just the instincts to bait Correct. Kirk Cousins was outstanding. And the athleticism to go then make that yeah. play. Um, the fear was, all right, what would this suspension this time around do to him? We saw him come back two years ago. Uh, after six games, and it took him a while to ramp up. It took him a while last year after a three-game suspension to ramp up. He hit the ground, no pun intended, running this year. He he was really, really in good shape. But the question was asked to me of, of how does he react Sunday? Um, and, and my point, I, I, I answered, I said, you would hope that we've gotten to the point that, that enough corners have been turned here, right? That there's no, there's no more of the nuttiness and the shenanigans and the craziness um, but I said there's something about that black and gold jersey that just gets under that guy's skin. Uh, I think it is a good test, but I think he's a huge factor in this game and can make a huge difference if he plays within the rules and the way he's supposed to play. And I even said, I'd like to tell you I can guarantee he's going to do that. I just can't because there's still nastiness there. There's still nastiness there. And, and you look on Twitter, the, the, in the, inside the own Pittsburgh locker room, they have the ability to get under each other's skin. Right. So they have the ability to get under Vontez's skin. And if you've just been dropped out of a, a spaceship and didn't realize that, I'm, I'm telling you that now. They have the ability to get under his skin. I don't think it's, it's a guarantee that, that nothing happens with him. I don't think there's a guarantee that anything doesn't happen with Mike Mitchell because he's about as dirty of a player as Vontez, everyone looks at Vontez and says that's a dirty player. Somehow Mike Mitchell just gets a pass in 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 the in the public talking of the NFL. I think his play against Alex Smith was despicable. I think it really should trip. I think it should have brought forward slip. I think it should have been. He was pushed. He should have been suspended. He should have been suspended for what he did. He was fined, I think, forty-eight thousand dollars, and which is a, which is a, it's a significant fine. There's, there's no doubt about is. that. But if you're going to that end to fine him, then there should have been a suspension attached. Well, him. and that to me says that the NFL isn't paying attention to what this guy does on a daily basis because it's almost like, hey, this is this is the fine where the next time we have to come to you, you're going to be suspended. Right. He should be suspended because he gets away with so much. There's so so many things that he does. That he just gets away with, in my opinion. And and, Von- and I would tell you, for a young guy like a Joe Mixon, you better be ready for that. You better be ready to react to that. I thought Marvin had a good answer when he was asked, you know, if the message, you know, is, is again this year, you know, basically, mind your P's and Q's. It wasn't phrased that way, but that was the essence of it. Right. And it was asked, well, you know, do the young guys understand that? And he said, message was sent this morning, meaning Wednesday morning. But as a couple of veterans said yesterday, these guys don't know what they're getting into. They're going to find out within a series just how edgy this 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 confrontation between these two teams are. When when Mike Mitchell comes downhill and maybe lays a pseudo dirty hit on a Joe Mixon or um, along those lines, how does Joe Mixon react to that? I mean, how how do how do some of those young guys react to that? I think that's an interesting subplot to it all. And Marvin, this week when we talked to him for for Bengals Nation, said that even the walk from the locker room to the field is different at Pittsburgh. And they've got so many new guys that Marvin is not leaving any stone unturned with this rivalry, with this game on the road, talking about the distance from the locker room to the field. Well, Thursday's practice, they played the Steelers in the fourth quarter, play that crazy renegade song, and the crowd goes crazy. So what did they do Thursday during practice early on? Cranked it as loud as they could, and probably for a lot of those young guys to go, 
Dude, this is what you're going to get, including a crowd that's going to go crazy. Get ready for this. Is there any chance that they've got the Sticks Greatest Hits album and they play I'm Sailing Away in the fourth? <laughs> something by, by accident? Yeah. Just... Give, me, give me track five. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Track three, track three, track three. <laughs> that would be fabulous. So, yeah, the, the, the coaching staff from the top down, Marvin is not leaving any stone unturned. Playing the Pittsburgh music at practice. Preparing them for the walk to the field, letting them know that these things are going to happen with Mike Mitchell, Vontez Perfect. You're if anyone tells you that they know that he's going to behave on Sunday, they're lying. Correct. Correct. They're you're, lying. You're right. You're right. Because of this game, no doubt. And that's the, that 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 colored jersey gets under his skin and their skin big time. And you got to remember too that this is one of those games where the league. I don't know who's officiating the game this weekend, but there will be a directive to nip stuff in the bud early. If there's something that's borderline, it's going to get called because they're going to attempt to take away what could turn into the playoff game in the fourth quarter where it got real ugly, where there were coaches on the field, where people were, you know, where Mike Munchak was grabbing hair, for goodness sake. I mean, that playoff game has really put this game on notice going forward with the league. And, and I think that game against the Steelers last year, I think it was week two, that was a very interesting game for a lot of different reasons. But I think there were a lot of flags in that game where you kind of looked and you said, okay, they're, they're certainly, at least on the Bengals side, I thought the Steelers maybe got away with some of the things in that game. But um, the, 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 the league has been put on notice and, and these officials are going to call a tighter game on Sunday. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has, has not performed well, um, eight interceptions, seven touchdown passes, did uh, uh, did obviously help engineer the win over, over Kansas City, but he's been a guy in the past that feels like he just makes a big play or two or five against the Bengals. Is he still capable of doing that? I think it's interesting looking at the quarterbacks in that class, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think any three of them still have their their fastball. They're not as good. I think that's a Toby Keith song. They're not as good as they once were, but they're as good once as they ever were. That's good, I yeah. think they figure good out energy. a way to to make plays, and they're not going to lead a team back to potentially where they've been before. I mean, that Steelers offense of, what, two years ago, whatever, in the rent was absurd. Putting up 500 yeah. yards a week. Um, he was going for 300-plus every week. It's It's not there anymore. No, it's not, and that doesn't that doesn't mean that it, it can't be there in spurt and fits and spurts, but it's not going to be that way for this team going forward. But you know, I don't think that Ben I think has earned the right to be as long as he feels he can go out there. I think he's earned the right to go out there. Now, if there's a if there's a play or there's a hit or something that happens, you know, I I think he's a lot more banged up long-term than, than even he gives. A lot of people say in the offseason when he comes out and says, oh, you know, I may retire, they think, oh, it's just attention. He's, but I think he's, he's closer to retirement than a lot of people think, and he can't throw that fastball at 96 miles an hour anymore, but he's figured out a way to be an effective quarterback even with some of the things that have done this year where you look at him and say, oh, no, he's, he's done. Uh, Andy Dalton's played 12 games in his career against the Steelers. Um, the overall numbers are very average at best. He's had a couple of really good games. Uh, he's had a couple of really bad games. I mean, overall, the rating is, is 76.5, 13 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. But he's had a hard time engineering the Bengals to points in games in Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, and it's almost it, it it felt like the case a year ago where the first two and a half quarters were just you just looked at this team and said they're not going to get anything done, and then they kind of made a run towards the end of the game, but by then it was too late. Tyler yeah, it, Boyd fumbling fumbled, yeah. on that. I still maintain that C.J. Uzama had a touchdown in the back of that end. That was, that was a big – it turned out to be a big play for them and for him because um, that was kind of his chance to make a big play and maybe take a step ahead of Tyler Croft. And here we are a year later where Tyler Croft is now clearly ahead of C.J. Uzama now that Tyler Eifert's out yet again. Right. The uh, And, again, you, you've mentioned his career, but last year it was rainy. It was kind of a messy game. Um, the other thing, too, is, and Marvin took note of this a few years ago, in Marvin Lewis's tenure, I believe there was a stretch where 9 out of the 11 or 9 out of the 12 years he was the head coach, the second game of the series was in Pittsburgh, and that obviously means that it's closer to the playoffs, one team maybe have maybe has momentum, they haven't been able, they haven't really played the Steelers in the first game of the year in the rivalry at Pittsburgh too often. It happened last year, and it's happened before, but the Steelers have had the advantage playing that second game at home. And that that may lead to some of Andy Dalton's frustrations against this team because it could be in situations where the stakes are higher and it becomes a little more difficult. And the other part, let's face it, it's a good defense usually. It's a good defense, and again, that's the other part to it. You're facing a a really good defense year in and year out, and that's why you're not putting up – uh, great numbers against a defense like that every single time. And the thing about this defense, and the Bengals have, have done it to a certain extent, it just, in the Pittsburgh across the board, offense and defense, it just seems like they hit on so many draft picks. It just seems like whether they go up and they, they spend on, on T.J. Watt, who's having a really good rookie year, or Vince Williams. He's a sixth-round pick in well, 2013. Well, it's funny, and Mike Tomlin was talking about that on the conference call yesterday and, and, and made a point of, you know, we drafted Vince. You know, he was basically a backup, and now the, some other thing, you know, they, Shazier came in, and Shazier was picked ahead of him and obviously playing ahead of him, and now it's it's Vince Williams' chance to, to play, and he's played extremely well. Um, a little bit of a, of a loose cannon, too. He was, wasn't he going to spray Vontez Perfect on South Beach, I think, if I see you? I think that's what it was, yeah, from a couple years ago. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, the guy's played great. And another, you're right, another deep draft pick that's worked for them. And when you look at it, it's it's frustrating as a Bengals fan. It's frustrating to see that they've got this guy that they know can perform, that they picked up in the sixth round. You know, whereas you know the Marcus Hunts of the world, some of the guys who have fallen by the wayside for the Bengals haven't made an impact. But that's I don't know if you want to call it the Steeler way. I don't know if you want to call I don't know what you want to call it. But that's how that's how they've been able. To maintain such a good defense over the years is they have high picks in, in Bud Dupree and in, in Watt and Chazier, but they also get a lot of value down the draft from guys who, who on other teams just don't make an impact. Well, and, and, and getting Joe Hayden was a, was a stroke of luck and a stroke of genius both, and, and he's taken what's a pretty young secondary, um, young enough, and, and really added a huge part. Artie Burns is playing better. Uh, Mitchell, for what do you think of him as a dirty player, is still a good safety in the NFL and a, and a solid player. Um, they, they've got some, some, some guys back there, and it's allowed a couple of veterans to probably play a lesser role, and, and it's worked out well for them. Uh, that's why they're the number one pass defense in the NFL. Yeah, they're number one pass. I think they're five overall. They're third overall. So they've, they've, got, um, they, they've got things clicking, and they, they always do. The Bengals, to their credit, are up there as well. In, in They're number two. Defense. They're number two right. in, in passing, number two in defense. And that's going to lead me to my one final point to touch on. 
and that is, is the kicking game. And, and you hear the whole it's a three-phase game. and blah. This is a week where that third phase is huge. Bengals have done very well in that area. Kevin Huber has a net punting average of 41 yards. Adam Jones has added, obviously, that new dimension to the run game without playing as many snaps. Now we'll see how many snaps he plays Sunday because he, he's dealing still with that back issue. He practiced Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. Saw him Thursday, though. He seemed to be in a good enough mood to where I'm guessing they're just resting it so he'll, he'll play. But obviously he's had his snaps on defense cut back. You mentioned Erickson before in the return game as a kick returner has been pretty good. That's really one area where Pittsburgh hasn't been great. Net putting average of 37, um, averaging just five yards of punt return, averaging just 14 yards of kickoff return. And in a game with the number two and number three defenses, there might be an advantage there that the Bengals, that they, fans don't look at a lot of times, and, you, and it sounds always cliche-ish about that third phase. I think this week it's an important phase. Well, I think if there's a single Bengals fan out there after last year that hasn't paid attention to special teams, they're really missing the boat. Well, they pay, they pay attention to the kicking <laughs> game, but yeah, when the guy misses. Right, but it all counts the same in, in, in special teams, so... You know, I, I think your point is is uh, is well taken, and hopefully Kevin Huber can can keep his jaw in place this week. This was this was his site a couple of years Not ago. Not allowed to do that got... block anymore, so hopefully that's the case. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Huber would be uh, would be advised to do the behind the back and keep the play alive on the uh, on the punt like he did in the preseason. But no, it's 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 everything with these games. It's everything. Everything matters. There's. We talk about plays from last year where Uzama looks like he had his knee down but didn't in that. that everything counts in this game. And Boyd, how close that fumble was on Boyd at the end of the game. I can't believe that it wasn't. Was it called a fumble on the field and not overturned? I believe that's correct, yeah. I, man, you know, just the, 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 the dumb luck of that. And they, they still had to go and, and drive and, and score. But everything matters in this game. When you have, again, I'll, I'll go back to it because it really stuck out to me. When you have the coach telling you, that he needs to make sure the the players are prepared from the walk to the locker room to the field. You know that everything matters. Yeah, no, no, no question <laughs> about it. All right, anything else about this game before we move on to our uh, our big picks of the? It's going to start at four twenty five on local twelve. You can watch it. Four twenty five is the start. So uh, just let that be the first uh, prediction that comes true when you listen to Tony Romo. Just remember that I said that game's going to start with a kickoff. It'll start with a kickoff. At 425 on Local 12. Remember that, too. In Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, correct. I I, I I believe all those predictions. And I believe I will be there. There you go. There we go. All right, uh, give me a pick for this game and and why. Deep thought. (laughs) Holy cow, deep thought. Jeez. Um, I just, I can't get out of my head... And I, this has no bearing on this game whatsoever, but I can't get out of my head how embarrassed this team was against Jacksonville at home. I think if if they beat Jacksonville by 50, that the Bengals have a better chance. Yeah. I, I just I don't know why. Um, a huge game for the Bengals, a chance to get back to 3-3, three and three, to draw even in the loss column with Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a close game. I, I hate to say it, but I just think that the Steelers find a way to get this win. And I think it's going to be close. I think our, our teaser coming up will will lend itself to the fact that I think it's going to be close. But I think the, I think the Steelers find a way to get it done, 2017. I, I told you um, before last week, I, I really thought that, that if they went to Kansas City and laid an egg after the Jacksonville game, that they were about ready to implode. They, they did the opposite tact, circled the wagons, um, defense played great, turned to Le'Veon Bell in the running game to, to win 19-13. So I obviously think that, that this is a formidable foe. 
um, that, that knows that, look, if, if the Bengals win, suddenly you got yourself a major race in the AFC North. You win, though, with the likelihood of Baltimore losing um, this week, playing, I think they play at the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken. The likelihood of that, Pittsburgh all of a sudden really takes control of the, of the division. Um, I, just the lack of success the Bengals have had against Pittsburgh in recent years, especially in Pittsburgh. I did pick the Bengals on Sunday night on the Sports Authority. Um, I hate to waver from that, but I'll go 16-13 Pittsburgh. you got the number two and three defenses for a reason. I, I think it, it really will come down to, to the kicking game. I do think the Bengals have the edge there, but it just may not be enough. I'll go 16-13 Pittsburgh. Yeah, and trying to predict what Baltimore is going to do has been a fool's errand this Good year. Point. But, um, you know, you hate to pick against them. You hate to pick against the Bengals, but I just think the history in this and, and what you said, you know, this this team – Against against Kansas City, I almost think. Let me tell you, I, I, I will say if the Bengals find a way to hold Le'Veon Bell to less than eighty yards rushing, they do win if they can do that, and it's yeah. possible they can. And they they've they've done well against him before. You know, there may have been games where he's broken out, but I feel like they've done pretty well. Right, and in Ben's style, I just him. don't know if Ben can beat you the way Ben used to beat you. Okay, I. I Eighty yards is the line of demarcation for me. Okay, there, there we go. go. All right, uh, let's move on to our teaser of the week, where I'm just a, hopefully you're going against me, people. Just, just, <laughs> just you'd be four and zero, and you'd be making money as opposed to now you owe your man a bunch, and there's no bailout. Hey, I guess you can bail out with the Monday night game, but I, I'm not. I've not been so good. So you did hit last week. I did not. You did I not. Did not so you're, because you got one so far. I, had, I do have one. This is for a good 12-pack, too, by the way. So I, I'm, I'm down in that area. If you remember last week, I said, I'm riding Aaron Rodgers until he breaks his collarbone. Yeah, well, well actually, close he, enough. Yeah, he broke his collarbone, so that Packers plus four didn't help me. I don't think the Lions covered plus 11 at New Orleans. That they did. They wild. They, they got it back. They were down 45-10, got it back yeah. to 45-38, lost 52-38. Okay, and then I think the Jag, your precious Jaguars hurt hmm. you. Getting four and a half at home in the teaser and lost by ten. Yeah. Ten. Against a team coming from the West Got Coast. Got the Jets win and had Vikings. That was great. Except You're for that game. Team. All right, I'll let you go first this week again. Okay. I'm going to – I think we're kind of taking maybe each other's strategy here from, from last week. I'm going to take the Jets plus ten at Miami – Miami somehow figured out how to get a win at Atlanta, which down seventeen just, nothing just really lends itself. This this NFL this year is is crazy and wide open as maybe any year has been that I can recall. But I, I like the Jets on the road. They they gave New England a good fight. That Austin Safarian Jenkins catch for the Jets in the end zone. Still trying to figure it out. It's crazy. So I think this is a team that has has figured out how to play. I think ten is too many against Miami. Got to go against Cleveland. I'm going to take Tennessee plus one at Cleveland. I think nobody ever went poor betting against the Cleveland Browns no, they this have not. year. That's a good they, point. You don't believe in the new Deshaun Kaiser era? Well, yeah. The Deshaun Kaiser reboot? I think it was nice for Hugh Jackson not to put that juxtaposition of Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Kaiser on the field at the same time. That's what it was. I think that's probably that's what it was. That's why he got his Deshaun's all messed up. Yeah. He thought he was texting one, texting the other, and then <laughs> screwed up, took the wrong one when all of a sudden. All right. Tennessee's got issues. I'm not sure about Mariota, but I think. I get a good win on Monday night, but there's. The Monday night, I call it the Monday night letdown. That always gets you. The next week? Yes. Okay. Just saying. We'll see if Derrick Henry can can have another decent performance against the Browns. And then I think 12 is too many for the Bengals. Uh, They're they're plus five, so tease that up to 12 at Pittsburgh. 
I think if you have the opportunity to get to double digits one way or the other in this game for either team, right. you've got to take it. So right. I'm doing Bengals plus 12 at Pittsburgh. All right, I'll start going backwards on mine because I'm going to go Bengals plus 12 at Pittsburgh as well. I, I Just two good defenses. It's going to be a close game. And, and as I mentioned, 16-13, you could make that the Bengal final score, for goodness sakes. I'm going to take the Colts at home. And you talk about a team that's been Jekyll and Hyde, Jacksonville. Um, they, they look great over in London, come back and lose. Look great in Pittsburgh, go back home to the Rams and lose. Technically, this is a week they should be back up on the bean, but I'm, I'm going to go Indy. They're at home. As long as Jacoby Brissett does not throw the ball to Jacksonville, I think they'll be fine. He's actually, I think he's played pretty well. Um, I, I think Jacksonville wins it, but tennis is, is far too many. And this is so counterintuitive. Team that's 0-6. It's, it's really not. I guess it's not. Though. Team that's 0-6, taking on Dallas off the bye. The San Francisco 49ers have lost five straight games. Five straight by three points or less. Never been done in NFL history. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to – they're a six-point underdog, which means you should just take them there, right? I'm going to get seven extra points with a team that's playing all these close games. Boy, they're terrible, but I'm going to take them getting 13. They have been a a betting dream. Even though they don't have a win, they have – I mean, I wrote them last week because they're getting 18 – against Washington. I I have no problem with that. I mine is locked in, but I I think that's probably the one game out of well, the Bengals, but I, I think I like the Niners a lot more than I like the Colts for you, for sure. All right, there we go. All right, let people know what they can see uh, coming up on, on local 12. You've got the Luke Fickle show, you've got oh. the Bengals Nation, you got the Sports Authority Sunday night of which I'll be a part of from Pittsburgh. You'll be a part of from here, right. but uh, all kinds of stuff on Local 12. Yep, uh, Bengals Nation at 11.30 on Saturday nights. Join us every Wednesday night at the Moorline Lager House. Had a really good crowd this past Wednesday for Vinny Ray. I believe Jeremy Hill will be our guest next week. So hopefully the Bengals get a win. Everybody's happy, and you come down to uh, the Moorline Lager House and join us. And again, that show airs on Saturday night's Luke Fickle Show on Sunday night at 10.30 on Star 64, Sports Authority, and a partridge in a pear tree. There you go. And I got you covered, as is our entire sports staff at Local12.com. We've got all kinds of things there on a regular basis, including a couple extra podcasts. Make sure you join Tom Gamble, my former radio partner, and Tony Pike and I for the Angry Quarterbacks podcast, where we talk high school, college, and the NFL and Bengals each and every Wednesday that's usually up. And then uh, starting uh, pretty much regularly starting next week, it'll be our college basketball podcast with myself, Rick Roaring from Musketeer Report, and Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal. All right, for Jed DeMusey, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us today on today's Skinny Podcast, the Bengals edition.